there is this saying for those who are happily married two bodies one soul it's not just a statement it's a fact before the first birth every soul was divided into two forming a couple hence in the entire world for every individual there's a soulmate as people call it one life purpose that every living soul has is to reunite with its soulmate this story is of one such couple there was a small village located in the area surrounded by huge mountains a village with dusty roads perishable houses which could be counted on fingertips and population that did not meet the mark of three digit ever the village was a part of a very big kingdom of the 16th century with no technology that time the village was covered with darkness until first rays of sun fell on the ground the only alarm clock they had was the sound of kukuruku every morning it was a wake up call for all to begin their daily work among others there was a house of two brothers along with their wives and children the younger one was sanjay 60 and his wife sumitra 57 the day like any other began with the whole family collectively cleaning the house then on the instructions of the elder of the house all the children were supposed to do surya namaskar and other stretching exercises the workout was followed by getting in queue for bath meanwhile the women prepared the food for all after having breakfast sumitra's husband left for work with his two elder sons who joined him in his work after basic studies on the way they would drop the younger two to their school sumitra is married for 45 years now she got married very young with a stranger with whom she got arranged by her parents but as the years passed she grew to love this man her husband works at a blacksmith workshop where weapons are made for the kingdom swords daggers etc at work they spend all the time hammering the molten iron to shape it into a good weapon by the time it was end of the day sanjay felt a bit fatigued so he chose to sit down for a while looking at him one of his sons asked if he is okay he nodded while his son just passed when he returned his father was sitting still with his head pointing to the ground he called his father but no response came from him he shook him to wake him up still he wouldn't respond he called others for help but it was of no use sanjay had passed away the news of sanjay passing away while his body was brought home struck like a shock to sumitra she sat still in front of the body without a word from her mouth the people around gathered mourned for sanjay's death but sumitra didn't shed a tear this is something wrong when a person dies and his soul departs from the body he takes away some life from the ones closest to him 
In this case, the closest ones are the wife and children. These people must cry. This is important as the support of life is lost with the death. And in order to move on in life, these people need support of someone else. But Sumitra did no such thing. At the time Sanjay's body was to be cremated, Sumitra was brought there to make her believe that her husband is actually dead. This was against the rules set by the elder of the house. Yet an exception was made. Meanwhile, the others were in deep discussion. They were taunting the family about why Sumitra didn't go as Sati. Those were the times where the superstition, what we call today, were followed religiously. But even then, Sanjay's elder brother, who was the in charge of the house, was clear in his thinking. He did not believe in Sati practice. Why to give life of one innocent person for the other? As Sanjay's body was in flames, the others decided to return back home. Meanwhile, Sumitra with some of the women were still there. While others had turned their backs to leave, one woman screamed, Sumi! Everyone turned to see that Sumitra was walking into the flame. The elder brother, among others, ran to save her. But it was too late as she had stepped into the fire. Sumitra stood there as fire engulfed her body. The flames were burning her body, but there were no expressions of pain on her face. Sumitra closed her eyes, taking last few breaths of her life. Fire. Heat. Pain. Suddenly, with a jerk, a woman wakes up from the sleep in her bedroom. It's still 3 a.m. She calms herself down. I have to wake up early in the morning. She says to convince herself and goes back to sleep. As we look around the bedroom, we see the woman's name is Sumi. She is a married woman with two children. But currently, she is sleeping alone in her double bed. Sharp six o'clock, the alarm wakes her up. She begins with her daily routine of getting freshened up and cooking for breakfast. As we see both her sons have grown up, the elder one is already married and is well established in his job, while the younger is in the last year of his engineering. The look around the house suggests that Sumi is living happily in the house with her husband. Her husband is currently retired from the banking job and now at home living a happy retired life. Sumi is a housewife and has a hobby of painting. A series of artwork displayed at various places is the clue for that. For some reason, her husband is not in the house. It's a Saturday, so Sumi's younger son woke up late and is having breakfast. Meanwhile, the elder son arrives. He calls her, Ma. He tells her that it's time for them to leave. Sumi agrees to it and gets ready with her purse and a bag with tiffin box and fruits to leave. Before getting out of the house, she instructs her younger son about what he has to do 
regarding food, cleaning and running errands. Then they leave. So it's all happy finally. A female voice interrupts the scene. In a complete white closed room, there is a girl in her 20s talking to a guy in a suit. It appears that she has come to the guy's office for some reason. The office has floor and all the walls painted white, with the furniture white too. On one of the walls, there is a display of dancing letters which read as soul matching. We are in the future, year 2270 to be precise. The technology has advanced even more by then. The matrimonial services have upgraded too. Now they get the soul print of the customer. They look into their previous lives and see if they had found their match back then. Then they get the soul print of their companion and find the person who with same soul print exists in current time. The rate of success of the marriage by this method is surprisingly high for that time. So this girl named Sue has come to find her soul match. Did you find the match? She asks. Yes, ma'am. I'm happy to tell you that your previous two lives you married to, your perfect match. And it was the same soul match both the times. Now, all we have to do is to get the soul print and find a match. The guy replied. Then he went on typing some stuff to execute some program to scan from database to look for Sue's match. Unfortunately, there was no match to be found. Expressions of disappointment on the guy's face forced Sue to ask him, What happened? Did you find him or not? Sue asked, No, ma'am. There is no record of your soul match on the Forever Young database. Forever Young was one more invention of that time. By doing a small procedure, the regeneration ability of the body is improved tremendously, giving the individual surprisingly long life. It was a choice given to every individual and those who choose to do the procedure, the soul print was recorded. This is because doing this procedure means defying the nature's cycle of rebirth. She was disappointed and didn't know what to do. Carrying out this life extension procedure was very common in that time. Yet, her match didn't do it for some reason. She was about to get up and leave. Don't worry, ma'am. If your soulmate is in the plane of the living, then we will track him down. But the scan will take a few minutes. Sue sat down again, thinking there is still hope. Sue had seen many of her friends and cousins who had found their true soulmate and were living happily since then. That was her motivation that brought her to this place. But finding out that she will not be able to unite with her soulmate was depressing. She didn't want to be like her aunt Jess who lived her life alone because she didn't find her match. 
As Sue's thoughts were getting darker and depressing, the guy cheered. We have a hit! Looking at the screen, he said that the guy she is looking for is J.F. Sat. And right now, he's in a hospital. Sue took the address and left right away to the place. The guy told her that she can pay her later as her meeting with her soulmate is more important. Happily, Sue left and went to the address in a cab. All the way, only happy thoughts came to her mind. Why is he at the hospital? Is he a doctor? Ooh, a surgeon maybe. Yes, surgeons. They're hot. At the hospital, she inquired about him. She was pointed to an icy room. On the door, there was a label that said, Patient name, J.F. Sat. Fear creeped over her as she walked inside. She was shocked to see that it was an old man lying helplessly in the bed. There was no one else sitting there with him, only a get well soon card from his granddaughter. Tears came in her eyes to see her soulmate in the bed, living the last moments of his life. Quietly, she decided to leave. Suddenly, the old man woke up. He asked Sue who she was. He held her hand to stop her. Sue couldn't control herself, but burst into tears. Calming herself down, she then explained him the whole story. How she found out that he was her soulmate. Hearing all this, the old man's eyes widened. He started narrating his part of the story. Long ago, when I was 26, it was decided for me to get married by my parents. So, along with my friend, I went to the soul matching service office. It was known Soul Connect back then. I went with a lot of hopes, but all my dreams were shattered as I heard that my soulmate, that is you, did not exist. That is, you weren't alive. Disappointed, I left home to live a lonely life. Since I couldn't meet my perfect match, there was no point in living forever. The technology back then was not that advanced to find out what happened to you or when you will be born. So I did not carry out the procedure of forever young. Later in my life, I did get married and have children still there was an emptiness in my in me that looked for you after a few years i gave up the hope of finding you the only thing i could hope then was to least meet you before i depart from this world guess my Last wish has been fulfilled. Then he gave a smile to Sue as if it was the last of it. Sue couldn't take it anymore, so she left the hospital. 
she needed an explanation as her past lives had been very happy but things got messed up this time why she called the soul matching service demanding an explanation next morning she went to the hospital just to find out that jagdish that is jf sat had passed away and was being cremated in the basement of the hospital by the time she went there the body was set in flames inside a closed metal container with glass side watching the body burn so remembered what soul matching officer told her in the 16th century the couple passed away together so they got to live together happily in the next life but 13 12 2014 was the date when things changed saturday morning when sumi left home with her eldest son she went to the hospital to see her husband that was the day when he passed away before the husband died he thanked her for the happiness she gave him and took farewell until they meet the next time After husband's death Sumi with her two sons support lived on for 15 more years before she passed away This 15 years gap widened over time and result of it was the situation Sue is facing now While feeling the heat of the departed soul Sue had tears in her eyes and she wondered How many lives will I have to live before i could be reunited with the other half of my soul the most important question of life to which unfortunately no one knows the correct answer